So here's what Tim Shore says. I'm convinced that in scripture, profanity is largely about irreverence, a trivializing disrespect for God, for people, for what is holy, beautiful, majestic, good, or even terrifying, such as hell and damnation. We are profane when we fail to revere God's holiness, honor his law, fear his justice, respect the image in others, or gratefully enjoy his creation. Profanity then is not about the number of letters in a word. It's about the way we treat, talk about, or fail to have reverence or enjoy people and things God has created. Profanity is a bad thing, not primarily because it talks about bad things, but because it talks badly about good things. These good things encompass all God has made, including humans made in his image. And then he goes on to quote Matthew 5, 21, 22. You have heard that it has been said, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to hellfire. And so I think it's important to recognize that cursing and profanity is ultimately a heart issue. You cannot use those four-letter words and still profane another person. I really, really wish people could hear what goes on around here during our sound checks. (laughs) I, I mean, first of all, look, we're talking about cussing today on the podcast is it is singing la bamba akin to cussing <laughs> i don't know where it, where it popped into my head as we were doing our sound check that it, was like a seven minute soundtrack that that was the longest sound check we've ever done we in arabic it, they have it they joke around in arabic say what, what do they what do they sing when the electricity goes out in lebanon because it goes out daily like multiple times a day and they say, ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-la-lamba. Ba-la-lamba means without a light bulb in Arabic. So, <laughs> of course you would. No. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, I, I do have a question for you. There are trillions upon trillions of people <laughs> listening. Okay, friends, here's the real deal here. We, we started the program. It was a beautiful opening. And then we realized Mark Spence's microphone was on mute. Thank you, Mark. So we're starting again. And Ray, I do have to ask you before the trillions upon trillions of people that are listening... Did you or did you not say the worst cuss word in the world? So you asked me the question. Did you or did you not say the worst cuss word? Did you or did you not? Yes, and I did. I admitted I said the worst the worst cuss word in the world. Worst cuss word in the world. I said the sentence, the worst cuss word in the world. In my office. Yes, in in your office. Okay, so I can legitimately say Ray Comfort said the worst cuss word in the world in my office. Yes. The okay. sentence. Yes. I think I had you do a bunch of other sentences. It like was just that, so silliness. We were, so we, I could blackmail you. We get silly. <laughs> uh, remember what happened about a week ago. Does it? What? Did you or did you not go into my wife's office? <laughs> Stop! <laughs> ah, what happened? Yeah, what? We, we do sentences. We couldn't even bring that one onto the air. Yeah. No? No. Anyways. Speaking of, does it smell like updog in here? Oscar, what's up, dog? Ah, Not much. What's up with you? Ah, just hanging, watching some football. There we go. Okay, friends. So, yes, you guessed it. Today on the Living Waters podcast, we're talking. We have a guy standing in the corner just to say that. That's not easy. There's just one random person. At what point? At what point in time do people 
come to realize how stupid the things they did and said were. I think the circus is what probably started it. You know, they, how they announced the circus. And no! But, I mean, they, they used to do stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it's like the early 1900 disc jockey, but it's that guy in circuses. Yeah. And, and there was Johnny. There was a, a Christian network that and would do that. here's Johnny. What is that? Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson show. There was a Christian network that would do that. And now, from all over the world. Oh, you're talking about the TV show Way of the Master. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, tell you, I so embarrassed when I used to sometimes, many years ago, go on that network and you'd have to look at the camera while that was saying that and smile, and I absolutely hated it. That's another thing. I, I was talking to, was it Rachel about that the other day, where they're about to bring you on, and you're just standing, you're sitting there looking in the camera. What do you do with yourself, you know? Yeah, I normally go for the nose pick. Oh, <laughs> we figured. I'm glad you were just kidding. The Living Waters Podcast! Anyway, friends, we're talking about cussing, and guys, I, I just have to say... This really, this whole subject really irks me, like really bad. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, post-COVID cough, friends, just so you know what's going on. I, I posted this on my, on my Facebook page a while ago. Let me just go ahead and read it. That'll kick us off. I'm so interested. <laughs> what are you watching, Mark? Are He's actually watch, watching, really football. watching football. <laughs> you <can't> <laughs> oh, man. This is our live uh, recording of our podcast. Why is this my life? Yes. Well, this, I'm pouring my heart out, and Mark Spence is watching yeah, football. Yeah, Go figure. Stop it. Okay, that's akin to cussing, by the way. Uh, so I posted this on my Facebook page a while ago. This new breed of cussing Christians and cussing pastors is absolutely mind-boggling to me. The justification that says these are just words and they really don't matter is a complete farce that flies in the face of biblical truth. Colossians 3.8 says that we are to put off filthy language out of our mouth. If there is no such thing as filthy language, then this means that God's word is nullified because it's telling us that it's possible to do something that would in reality be impossible to do if nothing could be truly, could truly be defined as filthy language. There are definitely words that would clearly constitute filthy language in every culture, and Christians are in sin when they use these words. And yes, of course, it's possible to repeat a filthy word that someone else uttered as an illustration or for explanation without being in sin. But honestly, I don't even know why we would choose to repeat the full word, even in those instances, if at all avoidable. May we put off the foolish philosophies of the carnal mind and always order our speech in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord. Ever we could be accused of being prudes in the eyes of the world, it's what the subject we're talking about. What's wrong with the casting? It's just word. Yeah. But I was horrified, Thirty, maybe 36 years ago, maybe longer. I used to make leather jackets to order for people, and a guy would come, and his name was Alan, really nice guy, and he'd watch me, he'd watch me work because he, he thought he was seeing a miracle take place because I'm such a klutz. Everything I touch falls to pieces. I break it. You wouldn't believe it. Is it true, Easy? We testify to that. Yes, it's absolutely. So he saw it as a miracle. I was actually making a classy leather jacket. And one day he came in, and he didn't realize it, but I'd painted the whole back of uh, my shop. There was a narrow hallway and a back room. I'd got all the brightest paints I could find, reds, yellows, greens, purples, and painted the whole all different colors. He walked in and just said a four-letter word beginning with S as he looked at it. And this is a Christian brother that I'd known for years. And you could have floored me. I thought, what? I said, Alan, what, what, what are you saying that word for? Is this just a word? And I've never forgotten that I didn't turn my phone off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a klutz. I'm a klutz. I always do things wrong. Yeah. It's him now. No, he's died. He went to be with the Lord. But 
it just really shocked me because I thought the Bible says, let all filthy communication not be put out of your mouth. And uh, Christians don't talk like the world. Anything is like the world is their filthy language. Yeah, Mark, you're our logician around here. And I want to ask you, does my logic hold up in that regard? I mean, if Scripture is saying, put off filthy language out of your mouth, and the, the popular mantra today is, there's really no such thing as really filthy language. It is what you make of it or whatever. I mean, does that, doesn't that logically follow that we're nullifying God's word? Because there has to be filthy language in order for God's word to be true uh, in different cultures, of course. I mean, look, I can say a word in English that is a cuss word in Arabic, like the same phonetic sounds. But we're talking about within a given culture, everybody knows. Secular television knows. That's why they have ratings. Movies know. That's why they bleep out certain words on even TV, because it's known in that culture what is considered filthy language. I was in my devotions this morning. I read this text. I have purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. It's, it's a good word. Let no unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, only that which is going to edify the body. We're reminded in 1 Peter 3.10, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. Luke 6.45 says, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. I have, just this past week, I had a, I had a couple family members that came to Huntington Beach on the pier, and they got into a conversation with someone about cussing. And they said, look, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You speak like this because it is welled up inside of you. And the one looked at the other and said, I never thought of it like that. And there was a conviction that was associated. You bring up a really good point about sort of what does it mean? What is at the heart of profanity? What is at the heart of cussing? Because to your point, one word in English means something completely different in Arabic, right? So what is at the heart of cussing? Is it just the words because it's actually, as everything else, as every issue is ultimately an issue of the heart. And Leviticus 19, verse 8 says that God says, God says that his people will bear their iniquity when they profane what is holy. In other words, in that verse, God is saying, treat what is holy as being holy. So there's a gentleman, uh, Tim Shorey, wrote this book called Respecting the Image, Reflecting Human Worth, and how we listen and talk. And he does a great job. He points out that that we can curse, we can profane without even using a cuss word. For example, anytime we diminish the image-bearing qualities in another human being by mocking them, mm-hmm. you can mock somebody without words. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, during the election season, we had somebody go into our church, and at one point he posted this verse about loving our neighbors uh, and treating everybody with dignity and respect. And in the very next post, he was mocking Joe Biden, calling him a fool and just like totally dragging him through the mud. And I thought to myself, do you not see your hypocrisy? So here's what Tim Shore says. I'm convinced that in scripture, profanity is largely about irreverence, a trivializing disrespect for God, for people, for what is holy, beautiful, majestic, good, or even terrifying, such as hell and damnation. We are profane when we fail to revere God's holiness, honor his law, fear his justice, respect the image in others, or gratefully enjoy his creation. Profanity then is not about the number of letters in a word. It's about the way we treat, talk about, 
or fail to have reverence or enjoy people God has created. Profanity is a bad thing, not primarily because it talks about bad things, but because it talks badly about good things. These good things encompass all God has made, including humans made in his image. And then he goes on to quote Matthew 5, 21, 22. You have heard that it has been said, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to hellfire. And so I think it's important to recognize that cursing and profanity is ultimately a heart issue. You cannot use those four-letter words and still profane another person. And we ought to be careful because especially, I, I love to talk to the church and recognize how we can grow in certain areas. I think that there are times in which we treat celebrities or politicians as monoliths, as not real human beings, and we forget those are also image bearers, but then we go and we curse them without four-letter words. That's so true, Oscar. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's the balance of it all. Because the flip side is you may never use profane words according to your culture, but you could use, you could have a spirit behind other words that you you might use that that are not considered profanity, but they're fully filled with 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 lack of love and and hatred and slander and 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 I love what you said about that. We do that with celebrities and well known people. We almost act like well that's justified because they're so well known or we don't know them personally, but it's not. It's still an image bearer. Yeah, but let me just say though on the on the flip side of that too. I, and the reason why we're talking about this is because it's become a problem in the church because there are pastors standing right. behind pulpits and and Excuse and cussing yourself. and using filthy filthy language and this is just and, and you know they never push the logic where it should go <clears throat> i mean i mean there are pastors dropping f bombs there are christians that that are in leadership at churches dropping f the word that was such a if you're talking about fornication. You're talking about a sexual intercourse. That's the, the literal, literal meaning of the word. Like, what in what context is that, does that ever line up with the Philippians four eight? Yeah. Whatever things are true, pure, lovely, good report, you know, so on and so forth. It, it, it just, I don't know. Help me make sense. There was of it, a pastor guys. who was known as the cussing pastor. He's no longer uh, a pastor right now. But I remember Kirk telling me a the story where he was having dinner with a very well-known pastor, and he, the well-known pastor, had the cussing pastor speaking at his church. And he had to warn him before he took the pulpit, please do not use any foul language in my pulpit. And then the pastor went on to tell Kirk, within the very first sentence, he dropped the F-bomb. First of all, you have to tell a pastor not to use foul language. And then second, you go against the pastor's desire in doing that to prove a point. I mean, where, what are you thinking? Yeah. And it went on that this guy, inside of one of his elders' meetings, one of the another elders came along and said, uh, we have a brand problem inside of our church. And the pastor said, I am the brand. To which the other elder said, and that's the problem. You're the brand when Jesus should be. Wow, that's heavy. Yeah, Ray, what, what, I mean, what is pushing this? Like I said, in the secular world, people have common sense. The president doesn't get up and give a speech and say the F word uh, or, well, yeah, you're right. Filibuster. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you don't, 
when, when, when someone stands up uh, you know, on television and is, is doing an interview on a regular program, I mean, things are changing, but typically people have enough common sense, even in the secular world, to know that's not where you do that. And, and yet we, we're seeing in the church, it's like, what are we trying to be cool? Are we trying to be like the world, get the world to like us, accept us? It's just so foreign to me that, that a pastor would drop filthy words, or, or Christians in general. And I'm talking about those that have been in the faith a long time. We know people come to Christ, they've had a filthy mouth for a long time, and some people takes a long time. When I got saved, it was instant. You know, for me, it was instant. For others, they're at Bible study, praise the Lord, bleepity bleep, bleep, bleep. Of course, you have grace, you understand they're growing, they're being yeah. sanctified. But I'm talking about people that have been in the faith for like 20 years, and they're just, they're just, this filth coming out of their mouth. What's behind it? You've got to remember this tears among the wheat, foolish virgins among the wise, goats among the sheep. This false converts that get from pews in the pulpits, and we're shocked because we hear something from the pulpit that we think an unregenerate person doesn't talk like that. But here I'm going to segue into something that you'll appreciate because it's kind of outcussing and it's exciting and great memory. The kill switch at Santa Monica. <laughs> oh, one of the greatest explainers of all time. Yeah, we, we had a soapbox that the heckler would stand on, or and we'd have a soapbox this side. That was his pre-soap double soapbox time, and we still had the kill switch for the microphone. So, okay, forget what I just said. We had a microphone for the heckler, had a microphone for the preacher, and we'd hooked it up so that <coughs> underneath the preacher's foot was a little switch. You put your foot on it, and it turned the heckler's microphone off. But what we say to someone, they get up there and say, who do you think you are, blank, blank. So, oh, hang on, that microphone doesn't work if you use filthy language, and we turn it off under our foot. And the person goes, why isn't this mic working? It says it goes off if you use filthy language. Now apologize, and it'll go back on. And they say, I'm really sorry, and it will come back on, because we just switched it back on. So that was a lot of fun to be able to control the filthy mouths of sinners, which is understandable. Remember when you were open air preaching, and a woman would use foul language. I remember one time you had said, please don't use foul language like that. There are women and children present. And she said, I am a woman. Yeah, she beat you me may up. Be a woman. You may be a woman. Said, you may be wo- a woman. But you may be a, she said, there are la-, I said, ma'am, could you watch your language? Yeah. There are ladies present. She says, I'm a lady. I said, madam, you may be a woman, but you're not a lady. <laughs> and that's when she ran at me like a bat out of heaven and beat me to a pulp. And it took two weeks of the bruising to go. But I wanted to go somewhere from that to another kill switch. I was in a radio station, and we know kill switches are in a lot of radio stations. <coughs> They're actually called cough buttons. I know, which is what I just did. That's why I hit mute on my mic when I cough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're called cough buttons so that the announcer can touch the button and go, <laughs> and then carry on, and you don't hear it when he's reading the news or whatever. Well, this gentleman named Dudley Scannerbury, who was a friend of mine who I was honored to know because I'd known of him before I met him through national radio. His voice was so eloquent, and he would read the news, etc. And I met Dudley, and I just hugged him the first time I met him. I said, you're a Christian. This is so neat. We became friends, and he invited me onto his radio program, and his voice suited his name. His name was Dudley Scantleberry, and that's how he spoke. He spoke just with eloquence, English-type accent. Unfortunately, he had a very bad nasal problem, which took away his taste buds. And you know what that's like, easy. It was very sad, and he was always stuffed up, but it gave resonance to his voice when he spoke. Got me on his program on a Sunday afternoon, and he began with, two of us sitting in the studio, says, I'm so honored to have Ray Comfort with us today. He reached out, put his finger on the kill button, and went... (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) And he let it go. And I absolutely lost it with that snore. I actually physically (laughs) fell off the stool... (laughs) 
onto the floor in the studio and my wife was listening to a little transistor radio on the fridge and she said, what was all that grunting going on? And it was me on the floor trying to control my laughter because it was the last thing I expected from Mr. Eloquent. So that's the story of the kill switch. That is hilarious. Yeah, Scantleberry. Sounds like, what's that other guy? Oh, David Attenborough? Attenborough. Attenborough, Scantleberry. Yeah, the English aristocrat. That'd be nice. I wish I, why can't I have that as an Arab, that kind of last name? Yeah, because it just doesn't Emil Scantleberry. It doesn't suit your Scantleberry. <laughs> Emil Ahmad Scantleberry. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, a $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Oh, that one I remember I was working in a restaurant and I was a little overwhelmed with what I was uh, doing and I couldn't catch up. And I remember crying out and saying, Jesus. And I had a waitress that turned around to me and said, I cannot believe you just blasphemed. She wasn't a Christian. You were a Christian. I was a Christian. And I said, what? She said, I just heard you blaspheme. And I said, no, I was calling on Jesus for help. Wow. Right? And, and that really is, you know, where we stand, right? It says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When our hearts are filled with the goodness of God, praise for him and love for others will pour forth. We speak to one another with spiritual songs and hymns. And we make melody in our heart. That is what the new creature produces naturally. It's part of that fruit of the Spirit, if you will. Well, we just got to go back to what you just said, Mark, because... Nobody in the whole of history has had their name used as a cuss word. Not Hitler, not, not Mussolini, not Napoleon, only Jesus. Wow. Why is that? Yeah. You know, you said to me, why, why would you use a man's name in place of a four-letter filth word, beginning with S to express disgust? Mm. I said, I don't know, it's cultural. So if the whole culture used your mother's name in that way, would you do it? And they say, no. So why do you use the name of Jesus? John 7, the world hates me because I testify of his deeds that they're evil. You know, when, when, when that happens, and I'm sharing the gospel with someone, and someone blasphemes specifically Jesus' name, I find that as a massive ally to me in, in pointing out to them they cannot know Jesus. Yeah. Like, how do you know Christ and just throw his name out like a filthy... There's a scripture that actually says that no one can call Jesus accursed. Right. Yeah. First we, John, I think that's one of our. So we have quite a bit of non-believers, non-believing kids come through our home. Their parents allow them to join us for Bible study or just the neighborhood kids. We we prefer our home to be the place where they play. And that's one of our big things. If if a kid comes in and he's using God's name in vain, like we stop right there and go, Hey, not not in this house, man. Yeah. And we explain it to them. And surprisingly, they. I mean, as kids, they get it pretty quickly and they respect it. But it's. Yeah, Ray, I, I want to come back to blasphemy in a minute, but but I, I want to I, I want to articulate something that I hope 
will, will be an eye-opener to some of our friends that are listening because I know there are people listening to us that probably struggle with cussing or maybe don't struggle with cussing and just cuss and totally somehow, I don't know how, but in their mind think, no, this is fine. Imagine, imagine your kids using words that are known to be cuss words and filthy words in our culture to talk about things that you could normally talk about, but with using words that we know are not offensive or, or, or profane. I mean, seriously, can you imagine? And, and this may be a little shocking, but I want us to think through it. Hopefully we're all mature listeners here, but can you imagine talking to your kids about the birds and the bees and using the F word? as you're described, and then telling your kids, hey, yeah, that's the, it's okay. And, and hey, my mom and dad talked to me today about bleep. I mean, seriously. I'm sure that's done easy. I, I can just see this culture doing that. So why, why, you, why not use the real words? But, but I'm just saying, as Christians, obviously all of us have sense enough to say, of course you wouldn't do that with your kids. You, would you be okay with your kids? You know, if, on a, you know, private, in a private discussion they have to talk to you about their private parts would you be okay with them using the modern like profane words for their private parts i mean of course i mean ray your eyebrows are going up because it's shocking to think (laughs) about it it's and yet and yet we go be people go beyond that and actually do that in their conversation like it's no big deal so feel like peter cussing christian do you use the same words in prayer Right. That's another good one, right? Would you use that? And I was going to say, would you use that from the pulpit? And obviously it's happening, right? But it, it just angers me because here is another place for us as Christians to show that we're different from the world. It, look, let's be logical. Any unbeliever who hears a person who professes to be a lover of Jesus, who hears them drop the F-bomb, the S-word, D word, whatever. We got it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, again, it's it, it it it's shocking to our senses, but they would know that doesn't seem right. What? You're a Christian? I mean, right? The, the world knows a difference. Man, this makes me. So I would mad. say this. I don't and know. I know, what it is. I know you and I have discussed this. There is there is these moments when you have a new believer start coming to your church and you see them growing, but they are so fresh and they're starting to unwind those cuss words from their vocabulary. And every now and then one slips. And so you see them, like you see them almost in the midst of that transformation process. And you and I have talked about those moments where we we rejoice over the direction that they're heading in, that they're starting to be transformed and moving away from this old old way of thinking and talking and doing, you know, but there's, there's something about that new Christian that's raw and fresh, but that's a new believer. That's someone fresh out of the baptism. Yeah. And again, like I said, that's where you deal with it maturely. Obviously you're not going to shut them. Why do you, you know, but what do you do? Like, I love what scripture says. And Priscilla and Aquila showed Apollos the way more accurately. And there's that discipleship of you. Hey, you start talking to them, you know, same category of dirty humor for Christians. Exactly. Yeah. Using um, unclean jokes That's and things right. like that. Yeah. Like, is... like talking about pigs in mud? or No, no, talking about <laughs> sexual, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And it's just there's certain things that you set aside, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, this is the King James Version, but it means that we have a delighted 
a perverted delight in that which is licentious or unclean. Yeah. And there's a perverted delight yeah. in unclean humor. Yeah. And it's just part of the old nature and it's something that should be reckoned dead. You know, it's it's funny because it's not, it's, it's almost like the next step from potty humor for children because the four of us, we love to laugh. Humor is so broad and wide and deep. And there's just so much to enjoy that dirty humor just isn't necessary. There's just so much more that you can laugh. I mean, you, the four of us laugh all the time and we don't need dirty humor or profanity to do it. That's why it's disappointing when you get a brilliant stand-up comedian that just makes you laugh yeah. and then he throws out something just dirty and you think, ah, yeah, oh, you've just ruined it. And look, words are important. Jesus said every idle word that a man speaks, he will give account for it on the day of judgment. Like, I'm just saying it's important for us to consider that the weight of our words. And to your point, Oscar, look, people are different, but I'll tell you, in my home, we did not allow potty humor for our kids. And it was with that reasoning. Well, if you if you open the door there, they're gonna get to a point where you just go to the next level. What What is so funny about talking about, you know, f- like dirty, filthy potty humor? It's just it's like, train your kids from the start. Hey. God has given us our tongues. We're going to give account for our words. We're to glorify God in everything we say and do. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about like you can't, you know, make a joke about something that happened in life in your home as a family. I'm just talking about where it's carried out to just, yeah, and it's filthy and it's not, it doesn't honor the Lord. I I had a friend who was training to be a stand-up comedian and he said as he was taking a class, there were two things that he was not able to do. You're not able to use filthy language and you're not allowed to talk about fecal matter because these are cheap laughs. Everybody will be able to cheap tricks in order to get a quick laugh. So remain away from those things and we'll see if you really are funny. You know, that's why, like Brian Regan, he's a comedian, he's not a Christian, he's known as the clean comedian, why? You're known as a clean comedian because he doesn't use foul yeah. language. And there is that organization called Clean Comedians and we've got a friend. Uh, Dry Bar Comedy is Do you remember our friend's name? Uh, Daryl uh, Strablow. Strablow. Um, yeah, we met him many years ago, and uh, he was genuinely funny. We're at a restaurant, and we hear clash, bang, as someone drops some pots, and he yells out, "Need a hug!" <laughs> and I remember I took him to New Zealand to uh, keep me company when I went down there to minister years ago. As we sat on the plane in LAX, you know those air things that come that feed yeah. air to you, those hoses. I turn around, he's up drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> like that in front of everybody and he's uh, genuinely funny and clean I just how, did love the, it. how did the post-covid brain remember streblo and you clear-minded men didn't oh, I'm so i, I want to if we can unless you guys are still talking about this i wanted to deal with the blasphemy uh, yeah yeah real quick be, before you go there i just wanted to say i have no idea what i'm going to say <laughs> you're going to tell us about I your memory i boasted about post-COVID. my post-covid you're going to tell us brain. how your memory's been impo- improving lately like my Voice. What was I going to say? Oh, well, Mark, go yeah, ahead. Go Whatever. That's yeah, obviously Ever. divine I'll intervention. I'll interrupt you if I remember. It's divine intervention. Carry on, Mark. Exodus 20, verse 7, it says, You should not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Deuteronomy 5, 11, it says, You should not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. But I say to you that every idle word a man speaks, you have to give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Matthew 12, 36, 37, and then Psalm 139, verse 20b, it says, your enemies take your name in vain. I would, 
I remember before I became a Christian, I would think to myself, I'm going to use God's name in vain, but I'm saving it for when I'm really mad. I remember thinking that. And I don't ever remember using God's name in vain. John MacArthur, my son pointed this out to me last night. It's an amazing quote. He said, the greatest mercy of God is seen when someone is able to take their next breath one moment after they blaspheme. He's thinking about God is merciful. He's a very long fuse. And as Thomas Watson said, you know, every time man takes a breath, he is sucking in the mercy of God. And you think of the forbearance of God, allowing man to take another breath after you just saw what is enough to damn him to hell for all of eternity. I had a pastor friend that pointed out to me and says, Mark, you may not have ever said God's name in vain uh, out loud, but you think about it. As Christians, how often do we, in one sense, use God's name in vain through something that we don't do? And what he meant by that was, how many people walk by us and we don't share the gospel, we don't extend a gospel track out to that individual, and in essence, we are saying, damn that person to hell. Obviously, it doesn't match with this third commandment, but you think about the non-actions from a commandment that we are commanded by God to share the gospel, right? To go into the highways, the byways, and the gutterways and to compel people to come and how we are ready and willing through our actions to do the very thing that we would never do with our lips, but we are actively uh, carrying that out by allowing them just to walk by and not caring enough to say something or to do something. Omission, blasphemy, wow. Talking about profanity, I shudder when I hear the unsaved say, I'll be damned if I'll do that. Yeah. What are they, they don't know what they're saying. Do you say something if somebody says that? Um, I ask them if they thought about what they're just saying and what it, what it means and bring it back later on, saying, well, what you've just told me is you're going to be justly damned and you're right when you said I'll be damned. And the other one is sure as hell. There's another yeah. profanity they say. So what are you talking about? What do you mean? As sure as hell? You're saying hell is sure? And, oh, no, no. It's just something I don't think about. I should think about That's how I feel about the phrase, go to hell. Yeah. When someone's, I'm like, that's just such an awful curse. Yeah. yeah. You know, to think about what you're saying to somebody when you say that. Mm. What is the springboard when you hear somebody blaspheme, right? Maybe you're not in a conversation with them. Maybe you are. But what do you guys use as a springboard to say, what is the next thing that comes out of your mouth when somebody blasphemes? I hold on to it as ammunition for when we go through the commandments and say, I heard you blaspheme oh, yeah. about four minutes ago. And, and one guy, the other does interviewing, he says, oh, really? Blah, blah, blah. And he blasphemed again. He goes, oh, I just did it again. Wow. And uh, they, they don't know they're doing it, which really is the essence of taking his name in vain, not giving it due honor. It runs off your tongue as wow. being meaningless. Yeah. So you I, use it as ammo. Yes, absolutely. They turn the cannon round. Right. I ask them, what do you mean by that? And I want them, because I want to, that, to explore the words. Because to our yeah. point, most people would say, I, I don't know, it's just something That's I say. Good. Why do you say that? It means or nothing to me. It means Wait, nothing Ray, to me. Ray, didn't you one time, you shared the story, I think maybe even before I knew you, there was some guy and he was blaspheming. And you came up and you said something like, this sounds like a religious meeting. Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> it was in a store in Long Beach and two guys are blaspheming. And I said, it sounds like a religious meeting and gave them tracks, I think. <laughs> I said to my general manager at a restaurant one time, he says, Mark, I do not want you talking about God here. 
And I said, I hear you talk about God all day long. Wow. <laughs> that was your yeah. ex-manager? It was my ex-manager, <laughs> who wrote me a letter saying that I'm the best employee he's ever had in his and life. And I've used that letter in one of my sermons. That's wow. right. Donnie. Yeah. I'll never forget that. It was amazing. Wow them. Huh. Yeah. Great. As we start wrapping up, um, why are you laughing? <laughs> As we begin to draw to a close, a yeah. meaningless, meaningless, meaningless preacher statement. statement. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you and I have been in situations, all of us here have been in situations where we're talking to someone who really is a genuine believer. Like, we would have no, no need to, to question their salvation, but they say OMG. Or text OMG. Yeah. Or euphemisms and they say, oh my gosh, right. in the same way. How do yeah. we deal with that? So, so, Ray, speak to that. Because, I, I mean, you and I, we were out to lunch one time with someone who's in, in ministry. They're a believer. Great guy. I mean, by all counts, loves the Lord. But kept saying OMG. And then we, we had to point it out to him. Mm. What's, what, what's going on? I had that happen just last Saturday. Or was the Saturday before guy come up to me and says, I love your ministry, and then he blasphemes. And I thought, what? And I thought, how can I reprove this guy with everyone standing around watching and not scar him? How can I do it gently? And I was thrown in confusion for a minute because I just didn't know how to handle the situation. But the time that you and I together, no doubt you handle it because you're Mr. Eloquence. I what? Oh, did I handle it? Ray doesn't I remember. Probably did. <laughs> you probably did. You probably just stabbed the guy and I cleaned him up and bandaged his wounds. <laughs> Yeah, like, Mark, what do you, do you think it's a carryover? Like, they did this all their life in the world. Their family does it. They hear it all the time. They're not, obviously, they're not connecting. I have to say, no genuine believer would connect with, I don't care about God's name, I'm just blaspheming. Is it just a gap there, Ray? I, I think the way to know if it is blasphemy is if you can substitute a filth word in its place, if that fits, where someone says, ah, G-O-D. Well, you can say our SH, and that's the play, and it fits. Uh, I think that's how I characterize it. And some people might. I remember once I was given a watch by my mum when I was 13. She brought it back from Australia. It was very expensive. It was an underwater watch they could use when I was surfing. And I didn't realize it, but it was cold water. I was in, it slipped off my hand and fell into the water. I was only 13, wasn't a Christian. And I said, OMG. And I, looking back, I really meant it. It wasn't meant as a cuss word. It was a like, oh, yeah. this is like coming in. It's like someone's just being killed, yeah. you know, when you appeal to the highest authority. Right. So most of the time, it's just a flippant using God's name in vain. But sometimes someone can say, OMG, like the psalmist actually says yeah. it. And it could be yeah. a genuine exploit. Right. And obviously, like with Mark, when he said Jesus and he was really yes. calling on the Lord. But, but there are some that do just use it like, Flippantly, do you think it's a carryover? It's a, it's a, just a gap in their understanding, and do we, do we lovingly point that out to them? What do you guys? Yeah, think? well, get, when given the opportunity, we always speak the truth and we speak it in love. Like Ray had said, that he holds on to what they had said almost as ammunition, so he can pull it out against them and to demonstrate to them that they have broken God's law. And I like what Oscar uh, had said that he says something right away. What do you mean by that? Well, it causes them to be able to think through that. So why do they do these things? Well, it is Luke 6. It is from the abundance of the heart. It it is still there. The old man may be dead, but we know where he's buried. And we have to remember that being a Christian is a sanctifying process, that we have been past tense sanctified, but also we are being sanctified, being set apart, being made more holy as we learn precept upon precept, as we learn, as we go change, change from glory to glory. So, yeah, things can kind of fall off. Like for you and I, right, these sort of things, because 
I mean, for whatever reason, I, they, they just kind of fell off. When I became a Christian, I was no longer pro-choice. I was never, no longer for evolution. These things just fell by the wayside. Yeah. But for other you people... still watch football, though. I, I, I still occasionally will watch football. <laughs> yeah, during, during a holy podcast. Well, it's because you were speaking podcast. and you weren't seeing anything of... Mm. So anyways... They're just custom. I, right wow. I, I, I think that we would do well to be patient with people and see the progress that is happening. Time will tell. I was with Ray at a church in Corona one time, and people were making that decision to want to get right with God, and people started to applaud. And Ray told them, stop applauding. I don't applaud when I plant a fruit tree. I applaud when that fruit tree brings forth fruit. Let's applaud when these people who are claiming the name of Christ now begin to bear fruit, which is worthy of repentance. And then they applauded that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and look... You cited it, Mark, um, Mark 6, Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We have to remember that, that, that that's, that's key. James 1.26, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. I mean, Scripture is heavy on the bridling of our tongues, controlling ourselves in, in what we say. Uh, James 3, 10 through 12, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. And guys, this is, this is making it abundantly clear that it should not be. Our mouths are not meant to utter filth, and then praise. You know, I had, a, I, had a, I had a teacher, and I think it was third grade. Her name was Mrs. Ioni. And she always, we always remembered her name because of the way she told us. Mrs. I, she'd point to her I-O, and she'd make an O with her mouth and point to her knee, Mrs. Ioni. Anyway, Does one this day... This be a long story. Very. <laughs> yeah, they, friends, I wish you could see. I wish you could see what these guys were doing oh while goodness. I was pouring my heart out. Every one of them was standing up doing calisthenics. I, okay, hold on. I did it sincerely, and, and then, then these guys wickedly followed me. Me. You reminded me that I need to stretch. Yeah. <laughs> I've been anyway, trying to stretch for as years. As I'm pouring my heart out here, all of you guys are oh. cussers. I think we should close the show. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Ioni. Hi, Ioni. I remember a kid said a, a cuss word in class, and she just stopped him dead in his tracks, and she goes, how dare you? And she points at him. She, she does this like stance. You know, I mean, she was really in a, she goes, how dare you? How dare you with those same lips that you pray to God with hmm. say that filthy word? Were this you was embarrassed? a public school. Were you embarrassed? <laughs> oh, embarrassed right? This was a public school. And I remember, I mean, that kid was just stopped. Would a teacher dare say something like that today? You know, I will say yes, because my, t- my wife is a teacher at a public school ah. and she refuses to allow blasphemy in her classroom. Oh, that's good. Yeah, she'll yeah. call kids out on it. Yeah, but sorry, so, right. but, but you know, I'm just saying like that, that concept of what James is saying here, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. And then finally, Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And that's really... The standard. Are we edifying? Are we building up? And look, sometimes edification involves firmness in what yeah. we say and involves heavy words yeah. and, and intense language. But we know the difference in our culture between a filthy word 
and one that's not. And again, it's cultural. There are words in English that we'll say that in New Zealand, even in an, you know, with an English language, that are like, whoa, that you can't say that. You know? So it's context, it's culture, but we know in our culture and we, and, and we need to be wise and honor the Lord with our lips. It's like Isaiah, you know, Lord, just take that coal from the altar, touch our lips. Mm. We're an unclean people. We dwell among a people with unclean lips. I'd like to take your closing and beep out a couple of words just for fun at the end. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you would. (laughs) Well, friends, that wraps it up. Uh, We hope you've been edified, encouraged today, stirred, uh, convicted, enlightened, and uh, that you will walk close with the Lord. Remember our Evidence Bible. Uh, We've been promoting it lately on the podcast because... Uh, we want to get it out there. We want people to be impacted by the truth that's in there. And so livingwaters.com, we're here to inspire and equip you in fulfilling the Great Commission. We have so much there. You can watch all our videos, even from our YouTube channel, on our website. And um, we hope you do it. Thanks for joining us. See you next time on the Cuss Free Living Waters Podcast. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters Podcast.